2: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Life for a Crime Daily for Monday, January 30th. I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton.
3: And I'm Mike Agavino. We talked about a new segment we wanted to do last week and decided, heck, we're going to do it. We're going to do it today. And we're going to talk about lady bad guys. And so Jim is going to talk us through our first famous lady bad guy. And we're going to go back in the time machine a little
2: bit. All right, y'all. We're going to talk about some lady bad guys, as Mike just mentioned. And today, our lady bad guy is Ma Barker. And I know y'all have heard of this. Some of the kids may not have heard of it. Well, you're right. And, you know, some adults even, likely. But in the 1920s and 30s. Her and her sons pretty much terrorized America. So bad, in fact, that FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover described her as the most vicious, dangerous, and resourceful criminal brain of the last decade. That's how badass she was. Yeah, she, was she was no dummy. No dummy. Now, Barker's sons denied that she ever played a critical role in planning many of the robberies, kidnappings, and murders. But we want to give you a little history on Ma Barker and you be the judge. Now, she was born on October 8th, 1873, in Ash Grove, Missouri. And according to legend, a young Barker witnessed firsthand the outlaw Jesse James. Wow. That's right. And his gang ride right through her town. This event inspired her. It inspired her into a life of adventure outside the law. She looked at that and wanted to be it. And so eventually she got married and she produced four sons, Herman Lloyd, author and Fred and the family moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, Herman was kind of the first one to be a bad guy. He got arrested in 1915 in Joplin, Missouri, for highway robbery. Woody Everton, you ever no. arrest anyone for that? No, I was a little bit after my <laughs> how,
3: how do you steal a highway? I
4: got it, I got it. I got it. I'm pretty sure that they changed Heavy. that to carjacking. Oh,
2: right? okay. Well, he got arrested for highway robbery, and over the next several years, Herman, along with his three brothers, they began just hanging out with hoodlums like – You know, bad influences during that time. And Barker, she didn't discourage her sons from all these criminal enterprises and activities that they were participating in. Now, in 1927, Herman killed himself. He was trying to avoid prosecution after committing a robbery and shooting a police officer in the mouth. So he wow. just kind of ended it. He was done. That's, yeah, one that's made to avoid it. That's, yeah, that's, uh, one. that's what they said. <laughs> it's a yeah. permanent solution to a temporary <laughs> problem. That's Herman. what they said. Yeah. So by 1928, the three remaining Barker brothers—they all eventually ended up incarcerated. Really, really bad group of folks. Now, things began looking up for Ma Barker, who was obviously probably depressed. All three of her surviving sons were in jail, and in 1931. Fred was unexpectedly released from prison. Now, Fred brought a friend with him from prison, a buddy he made in there, and his name was Alvin Carpus, known as Old Creepy, which creepy. that's right, Old Creepy, and he brought him home and the two formed the barker Carpus gang, and they used my Barker shack as the hideout. Sounds like a movie, I know, okay. but this was real life, y'all. Now, on now, in, now do
3: you think in, they... F- Form a gang and then announce the name of the gang. But uh, well, we've, we've formed a gang. Here's the, our name. That's, they've got a sign on the top of the house that says the Barker That's the Barker. Even back that's then. A headline
4: that nothing sells like sex <laughs> and murder it. and robbery and shit like that.
2: Even yeah. back then, the, the media was sensationalized. Right, right. Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> Check Jones, the Facebook page for the Barker right. Carpus gang. There you go. So on December 18th, 1931, Fred and Alvin, they kind of started their little gang operation off, and they robbed a department store in Missouri. They took off, they were fleeing the scene, and they were accosted the following day by the sheriff, Roy Kelly, at at a garage while getting two flat tires fixed. Mm. So Fred shoots the sheriff four times. Two of the shots hit him in the heart and killed him instantly. Nice. So they're not nice guys, y'all. That event kicked off a series of crimes. They were robbing people. They were kidnapping. They were murdering people. And Mob Barker was officially recognized for the first time as the accomplice to the gang, and a wanted poster was produced. And they were given a hundred bucks to anybody that could find them. A hundred bucks was like a million back then. That's that's right. Um, in September of nineteen thirty-two, Arthur and Lloyd they finally get released from prison, and they join Fred and Alvin, and they're they become the a larger version of the Bark- <laughs> they
3: re-branded Barker
2: Barker Carpus yeah. gang, and they commit more infamous crimes. Eventually, they turn to bank robbery, which was big back then, yeah. uh, and kidnapping, and all of those sorts of things. And they were operating in a town where the. The sheriff was just as corrupt as they were. So he was kind of letting them get away with things. Look, you robbed this bank. You slide yeah, me a hundred like, bucks. I won't tell nobody. Take I look the other way. That's it. So in 1932, the gang, they robbed the third Northwestern National Bank in Minneapolis. But this heist ended in a violent shootout with police. They killed two officers and a civilian and they get away. So you
4: said Minneapolis, but well, at least they hadn't defunded the police.
2: Right? <laughs> That's right. Now, next, the gang successfully carried out the kidnapping of two local businessmen, and they netted $100,000 in ransom for the abduction of William Ham, and 200000 after arranging the kidnapping of Edward Bremer. So these guys were loaded. Oh, my God. That's, dude, that's a lot of money like a, back then. That's like a man. million dollars. That, no, that's they should, a millionaire. They should have a private island in Belize. Yeah. That's like kidnapping Johnny Carson or something right. back then. I mean, well, that's well, a you lot get, of money. He got away with it. Yeah. yeah. So the FBI, they had some new technology, y'all, in this time, and it was called fingerprinting. There you go. And they connected the Barker Corpus gang via fingerprints. New technology. And Arthur Barker was arrested by the FBI agents in Chicago. And they find a map, and that map basically belonging to him shows where the hideout is for all those other guys. He actually had a map in his pocket of where you the hideout was. The warning to bad guys. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't, don't
4: carry right. the map to the hideout. You know, nowadays. He's scared he would forget. Your GPS or something, right?
2: Yeah. That's it. So they were actually hiding out in Florida, so the FBI locates the house and confirmed that Ma Barker and Fred were on the premises. They, they were staking them out, right? So they surround the house, y'all, and a special agent in charge approaches the house, and he basically demands that the occupants surrender. After about 15 minutes, he hears a voice from the house saying, all right, go ahead. Next thing you know, machine gun fire comes from the house. And I and these are the old Tommy machine guns. Gun. Yeah, atomic Y'all know how it does. And so the agents start returning fire. They have tear gas, rifles, machine guns. You know, they're loaded. They're like a military. Four-hour gunfight. What do you ever do? Four, hour fight, Woody, nice. Oh, nice. four hours of... a long of, time. That's a lot of bullets. Yeah, There's brass flying around. everywhere. Gunfire finally stops after four hours. The FBI waits. No more gunfire. So they think, hmm, maybe we killed them. The FBI... <laughs> This is the best part of the story, y'all. The FBI actually grabs a local handyman named William Woodbury and they tell him, We're going to give you a bulletproof vest. <laughs> <laughs> I swear this happened. <laughs> We're going mean, to give you no a bulletproof way. vest, and we want you to go in the house and see if everybody's yeah, dead. Yeah, that oh that shit doesn't work what for me. What was that poor SOB's name? William Woodbury. William. Oof. Willie Woodbury. Willie Woodbury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Willie's, Willie's ordered now. He's under yeah. orders from the FBI. Yeah. So he's going to do it. Now, how, Woody, how would one go about ordering a handyman uh, to go into a... I out? have no idea, because <laughs> this should never happen in my career.
4: Is that like under the same you, never ordered? you can,
1: yeah. can he was just... he yeah,
4: I would, I would like grab some crackhead off the street and say, now, you got to go inside this. And, you know, we've just been shooting out for four hours. Like, hey, go in there and let us know if they're dead.
2: Y'all, that is, a, that is absolutely true. And so...
4: Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure there's a, a policy procedure came out after that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Change,
3: you
2: can't just order citizens.
3: That. I guess back then it was the the... Like commandeering someone's vehicle. Same right. thing. You could yeah. also commandeer, commandeer them yeah. to <laughs> oh, go in and gosh. make sure the bad guys were all dead.
2: I mean, they probably stood around there like, I ain't going in there. You hey, go in there. And then yeah. we'll make this guy go in there. Willie. Hey, Poor Willie. Poor Willie's painting a house next it, door. Tell us what happened because I'm dying in there. <laughs> okay. So Willie basically says, all right, I'll, I'll go in. I'm ordered to do it. He slaps on the bulletproof vest. He goes in and it, to him it looks like everybody's dead. He goes back outside. He says, "I think they're all." Dead. <laughs> I
4: bet that motherfucker <laughs> didn't go inside.
2: <laughs> <No, laughs>
4: Step in. He's like, okay, "He N-C- went to the garage.
2: <laughs> it's all good." <laughs> so the agents enter the house and they they do announce that Ma and Fred Barker were both dead. Ma Barker died from a single bullet wound, and Fred's body was just absolutely riddled with bullets. Yeah. So Ma and Fred Barker's bodies. What do they do with them first? They put them on public public display. display. That's right. right. This is why you don't rob banks. You end up dead. And then they remained unclaimed, y'all. No one came and claimed them until October of 1935. Really? Yeah, relatives came by, picked them up, and had them buried next to Herman Barker at Williams Timber Hill Cemetery, located in Welch, Oklahoma. I thought for sure Willie would claim them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you would think. So if you're traveling to Welch, Oklahoma, you go can check go out. check out the grave sites of Ma Barker and her son. what
3: town was the gunfight in?
2: The gunfight was in Florida. The, I got
4: something to say about this. O- Ocala. Oh,
3: it was in Ocala?
4: Yeah. I have no direct knowledge. Disney World area. I have no direct knowledge, but I have read it in a book or somewhere. Allegedly, Ma Barker was having sex with her sons. <laughs> I swear guys. Did you pretty, really? I swear it's out there because I it's in my brain. <laughs> I didn't know, you see that one coming.
2: Yeah. So Maul Google Barker. that maybe. Yeah. Let Maul us know Barker. in the comments. Very good. Well there there you go. Uh the the whole moral of that story, y'all, is If there is a gun battle going on, get as far away as you can, or you might end up with a bulletproof vest on.
4: Yeah, I did say I had an indirect knowledge, but I'm pretty sure my Barker's not coming back to see me. But (laughs) somebody else put that out there, y'all, not me. (laughs) Very good. Well, I
3: think we succeeded with lightening it up a little bit, which we needed. I'm going to continue along with that theme. All right. You guys like... Games like doing game nights Love with it. friends um, when they come up. Okay. So well, very usually, competitive. Alcohol is involved. It is Saturday. We, I, got, I, I, got, quarters, to I got a
4: 12 pack of ice down in the truck. <laughs> okay, I,
3: don't, I don't know why that's not in here, but oh. I don't want to get kicked out of my right. son's basketball game well, later uh, for uh, unruly behavior. If you but, do, you can
4: come to my crawfish bowl. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I've got a first for you guys. We are going to have our first of hopefully many, many. Serial killer quizzes. All right. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you five clues. Well, I'm not gonna give you five clues. I'm gonna start reading one clue at a time. Okay. If you have a if you believe you have the answer based on that clue, raise your hand. All right. Okay. I'll call on you. If you get it right, <laughs> if you get it right, you win the question.
4: Right.
3: If you get it wrong, you don't get to hear any of the other clues. All right. The, the, other, other person gets the other person it, will get to hear get as many answer. clues as they want before they give all right. their answer. We have five total questions, okay? Right. So here is question one, clue one. This serial killer murdered five women. Second clue. The women he murdered were all prostitutes and he mutilated their corpses. Clue number three, the killer mocked the community and the police by sending letters outlining the attacks. He was never captured. River River oh. wow, a... <laughs> you just broke my game. A... <laughs> you guys, your hands went up at the same time. Green River Killer. Can I go to the video? Ah, wait, 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 wait. What was his guess? Mine, Green, Green, River, Green River Killer. River killer. Uh, you're both wrong. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the next clue would have given it to both of you. Uh. The murders happened in London's Whitechapel District. Oh 18, We already know that. Yeah. Jack the Ripper. the, the Ripper. And the, the last shit. final clue was the police surmised the killer was a surgeon, was Jack, butcher, or yeah. someone
2: I still mean, with I mean, River. We're probably apologizing. <laughs> we're we're thinking only the United States. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. This is an international <laughs> yeah. game, Jim. Okay. <laughs> you got me on that. I didn't know they never
4: uh,
3: that they never caught uh-uh.
4: Jack the Ripper. Uh, nope. He's assuming uh, that he was a doctor. I'm
3: better at asking the serial killer. Questions than, than answering them. Okay, serial killer question number two with the score tied at 0 0. First clue He started killing in 1978 at just 18 years old. Second clue He mutilated his victims' bodies and put the pieces into a vat of acid to dispose of them. Jim has an answer.
2: Uh, uh, oh my gosh. Okay. Um. Um, The um. The movie just yeah. His movie Dahmer.
4: He's dead wrong. Jeffrey Dahmer is the correct
2: answer. Boom. Uh, One nothing. Well, you got the,
3: the rest of the clues were he killed seventeen. people. I was going to say in, he killed a
2: lot more than a fucking five. He killed
3: seventeen <laughs> people. people in total, mostly young yeah. men of color. Yeah, yeah. Fourth clue, he was arrested in nineteen ninety one after a would be victim escaped and, and led police back and to shit his home. And everything else, that dude was in in really fucking one yes, nothing. Yeah. That series is, is and the last uh, clue was. He's the subject of a very successful Netflix series in okay. 2022 bearing his last name. You got me, Jim. Which you guys would have got. Okay, so <laughs> it's I one nothing. It's only going to set all the
4: victims and they've been eaten. Question 3.
3: Clue number one. He was executed by lethal injection in 1994. Clue number two. He acted as
4: a clown for birthday parties. <laughs> John Wayne Gacy.
2: Right. <laughs> he, he's not. I was about right. to say that I thought his hand moved first. No, okay. so we give you, hear, you that, that one. No, see, we give you that one. He got it. One one.
4: It was probably a tie. John Casey. That dude was twisted too. The third clue was he was
3: convicted of 33 counts of murder. And buried them
4: all in his yard and crawl spaces and everything else. But number
3: four, when his home was searched, police found nearly 30 yeah. bodies buried yeah. in a
4: four foot crawl space
3: under yeah. his home.
4: They end up tearing the shit down, see? Yeah.
3: The fifth clue, his first and middle name combined to form the full name of a Hollywood legend known as the Duke. John Wayne.
4: <laughs> yeah. Way. yeah. He's another sucker.
3: Okay. So we're 1-1 one, 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 one going into question four. Okay. First clue. He was eventually executed in an electric chair in 1989. Clue number 2. The western US was his
4: hunting ground. Team Team
2: ben- 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 <laughs> ah, <shit! laughs> Theodore Robert, Robert
4: Bundy. Bundy. <laughs> Good looking man. He's correct. Often, correct answer. Wore but you guys got add- help get his college victims into his I didn't even get through all killer. of clue number DW two. B.W. Volkswagen.
3: There you go. Western U.S. is running w- around with an unknown number of murders piling up, mostly college-age women from Washington to Oregon hey, all the way to I Utah, met one, Colorado. I met one,
4: uh, one of his surviving victims at CrimeCon <laughs> about way back when, and about five years ago.
3: He was once arrested in Colorado and convicted of kidnapping, but he escaped custody, moving to Florida, where he killed multiple times again.
2: Florida State University.
3: He developed a fan base when he acted as his own lawyer during what is believed to have been the first televised murder trial. And the last clue was he shares a last name with the family featured in the TV series Married with Children. Oh, I love that show.
4: Al Bundy was not, I real, love Al was Bundy. not related I said, to Ted Bundy. Pant, pants down <laughs> his pants. Shoe salesman is best.
3: Okay. Did, <laughs> did we call that a tie? Do we give credit to, I think that was a tie, wasn't it? Uh,
2: he probably said it first. We'll, we'll, call, we'll him call, him call it a tie. tie. One and so one still.
3: One and a half to one and a half. Yeah. Half. So that makes this the tiebreaker. Okay, well, I do need to video this then because right. I've got to be able to break a tie here. If
2: we have we a, need a buzzer next time that lights okay. up, okay. Yeah. just like on Family Feud. Yeah, hands behind your
3: back. We will have a full Jeopardy set yeah. uh, built in here for next time. In the meantime, imagine
4: listeners know. are screaming at that, the answers Mike before is in, us. Mike
3: is improvising right. in the meantime. First clue on question number five. He was a postal worker. Two. He was adopted by parents who raised him in Yonkers, New York. Three. He claimed his killing instructions came from his
2: dog and his name is. Oh, my gosh. Um. Sam, uh, Sam, what? Son of Sam? That's not his name.
4: His name is David Berkowitz. <laughs> his
2: name Shit. Is David Berkowitz.
3: I'll give you. I'll call it a tie if you can name the dog's Harvey. name. Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> what? What he just?
4: What he stole? It. The dog's name was. We'll give one. that one to Woody. And I'm bad with names. Yeah. Two to one. I ended with that
3: question because we are going to do, in our Crimes of the Century series, uh, we're going to do the Son of Sam story.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you were about Uh, it. Next week, we're going to drop the
4: Son of Sam story, as a matter of fact. We we have to uh, make that a, a regular. That was a good shit.
2: Acting nasal allergy symptom relief with AstroPro. Go to astroproallergy.com for a discount so you can AstroPro and go today. A S T E P R O allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. AstroPro and go. Looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? I was too, and then I tried Recess Mood. Recess Mood replaced that after-dinner alcoholic beverage for me, so I saw a difference in both my mood and my belly. It's made with real fruit, it is only 20 calories, and it contains no added sugar. Recess Mood is infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangovers. Recess Mood tastes great, too, and comes in four different flavors. My favorite flavor is the Strawberry Rose. So whether you need a moment away from the errands, work, and kids, or you just need a moment of chill during dinnertime chaos, Recess Mood is where it's at whenever you need to relax and unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to TakeArecess.com R-L-R-C and get 15% off recess mood your go-to alcohol replacement. Okay folks, so our next little segment here is some news out of Memphis, Tennessee that I'm sure you're you've been glued to and if you hadn't and you need to be caught up, let me let me catch you up real quick. On January 7th at approximately 8:30 p.m., some officers pulled over a vehicle for suspected reckless driving. Now, A confrontation occurred between officers and the vehicle's driver, which was later identified as Tyree Nichols. What essentially happened, the officers approached the vehicle, a fight ensued. There were five uh, uh, African-American officers uh, involved in this, and Nichols runs, obviously, and he fled the officers apprehend him, and another confrontation occurs, resulting in his arrest. Now, an ambulance was called to the scene of the arrest, and Nichols immediately starts complaining of shortness of breath and those sorts of things, and he was transferred to a nearby hospital. He was in critical condition at this point. Three days later, he succumbs to his injuries. So that's a synopsis of what occurred.
4: Man, and the... Wait to you hear about confrontation what that actually means man so
3: we heard from Memphis police chief and from the mayor of Memphis that they were going to release the video evidence. From this case, which involved a number of videos—videos videos from street cameras, videos from uh, cameras on the uh, the vests of the the officers involved—four
4: four, cameras—and
3: that they were going to release these videos at seven p.m. Eastern Time on Friday night, mm-hmm. which for us taping here now is last night. You're hearing this. Right, Mike, on the, didn't morning.
4: you get the feeling it was like a, a movie premiere or something? You told me. I mean, they they. Built up the hype of the release of this video. I, I think that's an important I, I, part of the story.
3: I spend a lot of time studying these things, and I'm uh, when, when when they happen. And you know, this week it was just this unbelievable week where we have uh, eleven people murdered just outside of Los Angeles, and then we have right. another seven people murdered uh, in Northern California. Right. Both uh, uh, crimes involve Asian victims and elderly. Uh, Asian uh, men committing committing the crimes and, uh, and and then you have this story out of uh, out of Memphis and i I bring them all together because there a lot of the early press played these as race crimes, even though we have in each case, we have, and Asians that are, uh, that are killed in the two California murders, and in each case, the person pulling the trigger is an Asian. And here in, in Memphis, we uh, have an African-American victim, and we have five African-American police officers. And so it, it struck me the way the media was handling things early, so I really wanted to, to pay attention to what was going on. And the behavior out of Memphis confused me. In the end, I came to understand it and understand how smart it truly was. And I believe, as we sit here, it saved lives. Uh, no way to to estimate how many lives it might have saved, but I think it saved a lot of lives. And, and, and here's why. So, so yes, the uh, C.J. Davis, the uh, uh, the police chief, and Jim Strickland, the mayor of Memphis, were making rounds uh, like. Doing the talk show circuit like you would right. if you had a movie coming right. out like a uh, that week, a premiere on Friday night at at seven p.m., and all I can think could think of when I was watching all of that was that we were going to have a massive night of violence. They're they're promoting all of this and telling the uh, the entire country to uh, to watch it on their phones uh, or on television at at 7 o'clock on on Friday night. But I didn't realize how smart they actually were. First, they did the immediate and necessary uh, uh, maneuver of terminating the officers, arresting the officers involved, and charging them with Tyree Nichols' murder, which diffused a lot of the potential anger that right. might come out of releasing a video, right. but as much as they warned us, and and CJ Davis said in every appearance, and I watched several of her appearances, that this video, in her opinion, was at least, if not more, shocking, more egregious than the Rodney King video yeah. uh, from the early 90s. And having now watched the videos, I, Videos much worse than yeah. the Rodney King it's crazy uh, video. So, uh, if you haven't at this point uh, and you want to go watch them, just know going in that uh, you're going to be pretty appalled by by what you see. And it's but, not
4: uh, not just video, y'all. They have the um, uh, uh, proof of the the language that was being used by these officers and different <laughs> stuff. I mean, it's just a bad shit. So, some of the thinking about a 7 p.m. Friday
3: release was to make sure people had gone home already and therefore that, you know, wouldn't be easy to assemble. They wouldn't be as easily tempted either because they'd already be home and be comfortable. And so that was one of the things that CJ Davis communicated. I think it also made it more likely that they would watch on a TV and therefore um, have an experience that was more curated by a news organization rather than because I think if you just watched these videos in their rawest form on social media, it would it, it would incite violence uh, in a different way than watching them with your preferred news anchor uh, interpreting for you what what was happening. I also think that that Tyree's mother, Rovon Wells, and her stepfather, Rodney Wills, were unbelievably courageous and heroic in how they handled and how they communicated uh, everything and, and it was abundantly obvious when you saw them on camera that this was a really good family that this was a mother who loved her son deeply and uh, and it just uh, made it all the more all the more tragic but with her out in front of it, and her preaching for people to not react right. with violence. If, yeah. if you want to protest, protest peacefully. And so you have the mother of the victim, because we know in so many of these cases, you've got a screaming mother or uncle or brother right. all crying for uh, everyone to, uh, to hit the streets. In this particular case, we have a devastated mother uh, whose 29-year-old son has been taken from her uh, in a brutal act of violence, and she's calling for calm and right. calling and calling right. for peace. Do you think, uh, Woody? Do you think the fact that the family didn't exacerbate the situation or incite violence played a role
4: last yeah. night? I'm gonna tell you what. I think this, and you can ask my son, uh, twelve year old. I said, "What do you need to have a fire?" He said, "You need spark." air, and fuel. And this happened at the beginning of January. First of all, they take away a lot of the spark and everything. When they not only fire the officers, they arrest them and charge them formally, And then they get out in front by releasing these videos. This is well thought out, y'all, in advertising. Like Mike said, almost like a movie premiere. And you're going to watch it at home. And then on top of... This video is being so horrible. You get the family, the mom to stand up and say, Hey, you know what? Assemble peacefully if you want to. But hey, basically, she's saying, If I'm not going to go tear something down, you don't go tear something down. I, it's my son, right? I think that's a gen- genius move. I hate to call it that, but it was a genius move. But God bless her for doing it. But she, you better believe that she talked to the police and everybody ahead of time and they, she knew what she was going to say and, and rightfully doing so. Uh, and I don't care if they were African American cops or white cops or whatever their pieces of shit. When you go watch all this shit and listen to all everything that was said and was done, it's absolutely horrible. Doesn't matter what skin color they are. Fuck them. Uh, uh, they should be in jail. But I, I mean, I, to answer your question, yes, I think it was, it was the, it, it played a huge role in it. But the, not only what she did, but everything they did from the firing to the rest to releasing the video, hey, we don't have anything to hide. We're going to show you the worst we got. And the mama saying, hey, yep. do it peacefully. Well, and again, it's Saturday as we're recording this. So right. let's hope
3: that tonight is also a night yeah. of
4: pu- I and, and I think that, I think they will, I think they've learned. Law enforcement has learned from all these mass protests and all the bad shit that's happened in the past. That, um, they've learned, and that there's certainly no guarantee they're not going to burn Memphis and everywhere else down tonight, but they've learned to get out in front of it by being honest and transparent, and even setting up to this point where you're taking away the spark in the air, or at least the fuel. Right. you are taking away some of the components well, Said that – would have burned Memphis down. Thank
3: God they did. And and probably would have burned a lot more cities than than just Memphis. I I couldn't help, as I was watching the videos, I couldn't help but compare in my mind what I was watching to what I watched in the George Floyd incident. And, you know, with Floyd, you had a career criminal, you had an extremely large human being, muscular, strong human being, uh, and you you had a human being who was— resisting uh arrest in and in you know and a difficult to you know difficult to corral person because of his size tyree nichols well, hey
4: for the record they demurred they, they, they murdered george floyd fuck them but you're right yeah I, I get it he he resists originally and but however menace on the neck and all that shit and, and him calling for his mama uh whatever that was bullshit like I was go ahead, you're right. yeah, I'm sorry. No, the I'm sorry. case I'm sorry. has been adjudicated right. yeah, so yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah,
3: but but I but I couldn't help but notice
4: oh, was, uh, absolutely the, the
3: differences here because you have uh, Tyree Nichols somebody being pulled over for reckless driving. And by the way, there's no video evidence yet yeah. that's been made available that shows his car. Driving right. recklessly down the street and before it, it, he was pulled over, that may materialize, or, but actually, one, we don't have
4: it. one of the parts of the audio that they did say. Uh, officers, one officer said to another officer, he must have been on something because he was weaving in and out of traffic or he's driving crazy, well, whatever, right?
3: Nichols uh, is a 29 year old man with no prior record. He's, I don't know, maybe 160 pounds soaking wet. One of the things that struck me immediately. Is when he started talking, you knew just from the way he was talking that this was not some gangbanger, uh, career criminal. Uh, He's not threatening the cops. He's not uh, uh, using uh, curses. And he's saying, I just wanted to go home. Yeah, That's literally what I just want. I just want to go home. And the... Even in a reckless driving uh, – and believe it or not, I was pulled over once for reckless driving, so I can uh, – I have credibility in this answer. You're, the the officer going to come to your, uh, your door and they're going to ask you for your license and registration. And they're going to ask you why you were driving the way you were driving or if you're aware. And it's not going to start out confrontational. It's right. going to start out – the way it's supposed to start out right. by the book. In the video, this is like the opening kickoff of a football game. These yeah. five guys who were part of some sort of special unit called Scorpion, right. uh, which I want to get your, your thoughts on special units like that uh, in a second, Woody. But, but here he is, he's, he's saying, I just want to go home. There are tons of F-bombs and tons of threats, but they're mm-hmm. all being made by the cops, He's asking, what did I do at a point after he's – we're watching officers take uh, roundhouse kicks at his head. We're watching them pummel him with punch after – I don't know what the tally was on the number of times yeah. this guy was, was struck. But uh, I heard someone say this morning after after watching the the kick that – that's not even a legal move it's in not. UFC.
4: Yeah, right. Yeah. What they did.
3: It's definitely to, not a
4: legal cop move. To
3: this guy. So, uh, you know, it felt like I was watching Denzel Washington in training day. I and mean, yeah, that's right. what, what this was. They they attack. And when he ran away before the the second confrontation, I literally believe watching the video that he was running for his life. Mm. His instinct was: these guys are going to kill me right. if I don't get away. And so, uh, unfortunately, they caught back up with him. I, I don't know at that point if he was so injured that uh, that he wouldn't have survived it uh, anyway. But but unfortunately, they 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 do find him. So, Woody, have you ever seen anything like this before? And yeah. and, and does. Is there a, a different sort of code of conduct if you're part of a special unit? like not like being the, a Navy SEAL or an Army Ranger? The, the
4: the special units, that really, that's a task force, and Baton Rouge has theirs, and the Sheriff's Office has theirs, and a lot of times they work uh, in conjunction. And basically, they're targeting high-crime areas. Sadly, the, this, he's a victim of profiling. They stopped him for whatever they say, reckless driving. And they probably think, hmm, here comes another dope dealer, profiling his vehicle, whatever it was, and they pull him over. Now, where they really fucked up is from the beginning. I used to teach this to all the cops. I would say, listen, you always start out low and soft. I said, because if you start out high, you can't back down. It's going to shit, period. You can never start out hollering and screaming and it's going to back back down. So you start out low license registration. That's why we stopped you. You know, you deserve them, et cetera. In this case, they just got on his ass. And I think they, the, the scat teams or, or these uh, specialized units that are sending these high crime areas to simply make arrests and get bad guys off the street. They got their own cat this time.
2: De-escalation is a real thing. And, um, police officers and all departments are are trained on how to de escalate situations. If, you know, the issue is 99.9% of, of police officers are good people and they're out there and they're defending uh, people they don't even know. They're standing in the way of gunfire. They're running into houses when, you know, people are getting stabbed. And we cover a lot of crime around here and 99.9% of them are good people. Absolutely. Uh, but there are. Situations where police officers get a badge and they they become uh, big headed or cocky or uh, I'm in charge here, right? And um, that can put you in a real bad situation real quick. If you are a John Q. citizen and a police officer pulls you over and he says, "Let me see your driver's license," and you got to reach for it, and he says, "What are you doing? Put your you know," and he freaks you out. You can be someone who's never been arrested in your life, uh, never done anything wrong, and you are instantly on the defense due to the way that cop reacted, police officer reacted. And that situation can turn real bad real quick because as human beings, any of us, when we feel we're being backed in a corner...
4: It's fight, flight or freeze.
2: Yes. And if you're someone that's a fight type personality, it's going to turn real bad real quick. Uh, You know, it's easy to look at this and say this is a training issue and they need to be taught, you know, how to deescalate quicker. This is just an example of a bunch of arrogant, cocky pieces of shit who went out there and killed a guy for nothing. And they had a badge, and they thought they were going to get away with it because they had a badge and because they were members of this uh, specialized. specialized unit that was esteemed. And uh, it's disgusting, in my opinion. Yeah, well, they, they they beat him. They
4: tased him. They beat him with batons. They kicked him in the face. They did everything that's against the book and how I mean, certainly— the, the chase and, and all that, their adrenaline was up. But once the ass-whooping started, they continued on. And I submit to you, they've done it probably a thousand times before, and they always got away with mm-hmm. it. Uh, they didn't know this gentleman was going to die, unfortunately. And have you, have he, if he hadn't died, he'd just gone to the hospital, it'd just be another lawsuit, he said, she said.
3: Well, absolutely. Jim, you make some really good points. I think in, in 2022, there were 20... 20- uh, uh black people killed while in police custody for the entire year and that's not that's not saying in each of those cases officers were found to have uh, uh been in the wrong. There were just 20 incidents that involved uh, a black person dying while in while in police custody. Here we have such a disgusting situation that and with what the media, does today because it's it's the media's job. the way things get uh, the way things get delivered, the way they get sensationalized, how long uh, they, they uh, the, these videos will live on forever. this group, we already know how difficult it is for police departments to retain the officers they have, how difficult it is for them to recruit, New officers if he wants and die, man. something like this stains the profe- the the sixteen year old kid who's sitting thinking maybe I want to be a, a police officer and watches these vi- that that's the kind of impact. I mean, let's hope that sanity continues to prevail. And uh, by the time you hear this on Monday, uh, there hasn't been. Two nights of violence associated with this, but uh, but the the damage caused here, uh, in terms of the the faith and trust in police because of just how brutal this is, is is going to be significant at a time where it, the country can least afford for it to be, and
4: yeah. that's just really sad. Absolute tragedy. And hearts go out to Terry's family. Uh, uh,
2: and unbelievable. All right, so that's going to be about all we're gonna we're gonna to discuss today. If uh, if you enjoyed what we're doing here at Real Life Real Crime Daily, please share, uh, like, comment, do all those sorts of things. It really helps to get uh, to get the episodes out there. And uh, we will see you again on Wednesday. I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino for Real Life Real Crime Daily. Peace.
0: Show business. Show business. <laughs>